From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name's Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, since we last spoke, Anthony Albanese has been forced to isolate for a week after testing positive for COVID. Now, that might have been perceived as a real disaster for the Labor campaign, losing its leader for a week. But in fact, the polls haven't shown that, have they? No, they haven't. And of course, we've had uh, News Poll and the Australian Financial Review's Ipsos poll have come out and both of them show no change. Each of them indicates that on the present numbers, if they were repeated on election day, Labor would be in government. So that's pretty heartening, I think, for the ALP. But I think that uh, the Labor Party also recognises that things can change in a campaign. So it won't be too complacent about the present situation, but it might have been expecting a deterioration. What this might show We don't know yet, but possibly people are just not listening to the government. Many people might have made up their minds. On the other hand, there's still a large undecided uh, vote and there's still people that are obviously looking to third party. So it remains a fluid situation. Okay, and just on that Ipsos poll, there was a, an interesting finding in, in terms of trust ratings for the two leaders. So they're extremely low on this poll. Just 30% regarded Scott Morrison as trustworthy and only 41% agreed that Anthony Albanese was. Now, this doesn't bode well for the leaders, but it also doesn't really bode well for our democracy, does it? That's right. And of course, we do know that trust has been a major problem for our system and other democracies too. There was a, a brief re- despite during COVID when people became more trusting in leaders and institutions, but that's now changed again. I think that figure is particularly bad for the Prime Minister. It is uh, another indication of people really turning against him. But the poll also showed that uh, Anthony Albanese was very low on uh, economic management credibility, and that's not good for him. And it showed that both leaders were doing badly in relation to being regarded as competent. So I think that uh, what the overall picture is, is that people are, are really pretty disillusioned with their leadership uh, at this stage, and that goes on both sides. Yes, and that might well be why we're seeing some interest in independent candidates in this election. That's right. And of course, uh, we are, I think, seeing something of a surge in these so-called teal independents. Now, whether in the end this uh, translates into people getting into parliament is another matter. But certainly at the moment, I think that uh, people are looking at these candidates in those leafy seats, those liberal seats, they're looking at the alternative candidates very, very closely. And uh, a number of liberal MPs are feeling pretty nervous. All right. And Michelle, we have heard that today there was rather an extraordinary radio interview between Ray Hadley and Anthony Albanese. Now, I know that you actually listened to the interview, so you can tell us all about what happened, which apparently resulted in Mr. Hadley doing a lot of shouting. Well, this was uh, absolutely Ray Hadley on steroids and Anthony Albanese, who of course is uh, laid low with COVID, being incredibly 
patient, especially for someone who's uh, been obviously sick. And uh, Ray Hadley was challenging him on border policy and climate and a whole lot of other things. His front bench, which Hadley uh, declared to be uh, no good in uh, a number of cases. And as you say, there was a lot of uh, shouting going on by the presenter. And I have to say, Amanda, I was reminded of uh, an interview that Ray Hadley had with Scott Morrison after the uh, downfall of Tony Abbott. And Scott Morrison was in a small uh, studio, radio studio in in Canberra, and Ray Hadley was in Sydney, and Hadley was demanding that Scott Morrison swear that he hadn't been disloyal to Abbott, and Hadley had arranged for a Bible to be put in the studio, and Morrison couldn't find the Bible, and it was hilarious, really. But this interview, I don't know whether today one should be appalled at the sort of discourse for an election campaign or regarded as um, a bit of uh, amusement and diversion. All right. Well, on to more sober matters. Australia's policy in the Pacific region has become a focal point of this election campaign, and especially so after it was made public that China and the Solomon Islands have recently signed a security pact. Labor has accused the government of being asleep at the wheel on this and today announced its own quite detailed policy. Is that a fair criticism of the government, do you think? And how different would Labor's approach be? Well, the first thing to say is that the government wanted national security as an issue in this campaign. And the Solomon's Pact has uh, meant that that's uh, come to the fore in a a very uh, unexpected way, really, and not necessarily to the government's advantage at all, because Labor can say that the government should have done more, should have been able to head this off. Now, perhaps the government should have done more, but I think uh, also we are in a, a quite difficult position because China is very assertive in uh, dealing with uh, these sorts of countries. It offers a lot of money and I think that uh, the the Solomons were obviously uh, susceptible to the the Chinese offerings. Australia has helped with the security in the Solomons. Uh, An appeal from them in, in recent times was responded to. On the other hand, aid should have been more than it uh, has been in recent times. So I think there have been faults in Australian policy, but even if it had been better than it has been, Australia would not necessarily have been able to head off this deal. Now, what Labor has done is produce quite a comprehensive policy today, saying it would put in half a billion dollars more aid for the Pacific. It would help in a whole range of issues, including uh, stepping up assistance with uh, aerial surveillance so that these countries don't lose so much potential revenue from illegal and and untracked fishing, all these sorts of things helping with the training, defence staff, a range of matters. But the government has been very dismissive of this package. And for example, Scott Morrison said this morning that uh, Labor was really 
proposing to do everything the government was doing, uh, apart from uh, giving more money for the ABC to do more in the region. And he said it's farcical. What their answer to the solving the Solomon Islands problem is to have Q&A in Honiara. Now, I just think that sort of dismissive language is, uh, is just not a way to debate a problem that is a very serious issue for Australia and for the region. And what we've seen uh, just uh, recently, just this afternoon, is Maurice Payne getting out there with a, a more solid press conference going through what the government has done and, and treating the issue uh, more comprehensively. But whichever government is in office after the election, this issue of Chinese influence in the region and specifically in the Solomons is going to be a major problem with, frankly, no obvious solution. All right. And finally, Michelle, Catherine Deves' story is really one that just won't go away. Now, she is the Liberal candidate in the formerly Blue Ribbon seat of Warringah, who has come under heavy criticism for making some transphobic comments on social media and generally a whole lot of other offensive comments as well. Now, there's some speculation that the government has accepted it will lose Warringah, but use the Deves' comment on trans women as a kind of dog whistle to the outer suburbs and regions. Is there any veracity to this? And do you think it will be an offensive? strategy? You would have to think that this has been one motive as this issue has developed. Of course, Catherine Deeb's issue is uh, protecting women and girls in sport. But in the context of that, she has uh, had this record on social media of very uh, offensive comments. And the Prime Minister has consistently defended her. He's maintained that this issue about protection in, in sport is a real issue where many people would say it's a very uh, small issue and one that uh, is being dealt with by sporting bodies, is best dealt with by sporting body, the bodies that uh, the law is adequate to, uh, to make that possible. But I do think, I was reluctant to think this from the very beginning, I must say, but I do think that the there is an attempt here to send a message to some of the other seats and to some of the ethnic communities. And one's feeling about this was somewhat reinforced when uh, the only media interview that Catherine Deeds has given, as far as I know, was one to SBS, which of course goes to ethnic communities. So uh, yes, I do think there's another agenda here. Mm. All right. Michelle, terrific to talk with you as always. Thanks very much. Thanks, Amanda. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com.